It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yes, Sports Fan, 97 WATH, 97.1 FM. Lucas Moore here. And, you know, we've been promising the the summer where I'm all of a sudden in studio all the time, all the time, all the time. And the summer now starts because last night I had the opportunity to finish one thing that I was kind of stuck on, not necessarily stuck on, but I had to complete it. And it was my eighth grade season where I was coaching the eighth graders, won the championship last night, six to five against the Logan Chieftains. And I, I just got to give credit to all those kids on the team. I'm going to pull up the roster real quick because they worked their butt off all year. I've been talking about it on the show, and I wanted to give them credit right off the jump. Five-run comeback in the sixth inning. Here are the names. Athens fans, these guys are going to be, some of them are going to be playing football in the fall, so maybe a freshman contributing on special teams. Luke Brandis, Jacob Bolger, Owen Dowler, Caden Hewitt, Braden Kish, Charlie Cohn, Jordan Laughlin, Jeffrey McLaughlin, Carter Wharton, and Landon Wheatley. Those 10 guys helped us win a championship. It's awesome. Wanted to mention that right off the jump in the show, but we got a lot more to get to on the sports fan. Trimble moved up a division. We'll get into that in just a second. Jim Schaus yesterday stepped down as the athletic director at Ohio University. What's next for the Bobcats? We'll talk about that on the show. Big Ten and the MAC made an agreement in football as well. And Connor Mills, the play-by-play voice, one of the play-by-play voices of the Southern Ohio Copperheads, will be calling they were defeated in their opening game 3-1 to one to the Licking County Settlers. But let's go ahead and bring in our two Distinguished guests for today's sports fan, Troy Bolin, Matt Frazee, joining us today on the show. Matt's here for the big news, which was Trimble moving up a division. And, and Troy's here because, you know, he's Troy and, and uh, he's usually here, right, Troy? Yeah, you'd hope so. I tried to get here, man. My brake line blew out in my truck. Ooh, that's I'm, rough. I'm, di- I'm driving a different truck. That's why I'm late. And um, and of course I'm catching up on all the news. I've been I've been out somewhere where there really wasn't cell reception, so I'm like way behind on everything. I actually just found out about the whole uh, di- the divisional alignment like ten minutes ago. Oof. Literally on my phone, I was just happened to be looking at something else that popped up. I said, "Oh my goodness!" So I totally forgot that was today. So I'm I'm glad I got you, Lucas, to host the sports fan. Um, and I actually just read about the 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 uh, the Big Ten Mac thing five minutes ago. So I'm just now, like your listeners, just like <laughs> soaking it all in, man. I'm trying here. I'm trying to catch up here real quick. Well, well, let's get everybody caught up as well. So let's get into the big news of the day. This is this is our main story. This is the number one story of the day. And it's that for the first time in what is recent memory, or I'm pretty sure in, in all of history for Ohio high school football, I'm not going to go back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, but Trimble has been in the lowest division forever. The Gloucester Tomcats, the Triple Tomcats, they've been in the lowest division. In OHSA, now they are not. They have moved up into Division Six, and it's not a competitive balance thing. They are just above the number of boys for the division. It's actually like one or two boys over. It, it's so close. It pushes the Trimble to Division Six. Why does this matter? Well, it matters because Trimble went from in the state championship game at Division Seven and only losing probably two or three actual contributors on their team. And now all of a sudden, Matt Frazee, they are in Division 6, 
where they aren't going to be one of the two or three best teams in the state. They're probably going to be from the 8th to the 15th best team in the state if everything goes right. And now at the top of that Division Six, you've got Kirtland. We saw what they did to a very good Nelsonville York team two years ago. You've got Maria Stein, Marion Local. We know how good they are at the top of Division Six, And the names go on and on. And it even gets tougher for Trimble in their own region. You move up to Region 23, most likely. Fort Fry and Shadyside were at the top of that, division, at top of that region. And Trimble, according to Cal Preps, would be favored to lose both of those games. Favored to lose. They would be the underdogs in both of those games. So it, it really makes their division tough to handle, and it makes just the competition, as I'm handing Troy Bullen a pen, and it just makes the competition tougher to get to the same point Trimble was at last year. Matt, what this means to me is Trimble went from, hey, there's a state championship on the table this year, to, oh, no, maybe maybe we can win the region. And, and that's just such a big flip for a program that had everything going for it heading into this year, and then powers that are beyond their control have moved them up to Division Six, where things just got a lot tougher. I agree 100%. As you say, going into the year, you got to think their right back is the regional favorite in Division Seven. Oh, no doubt. Uh, I can't think of anybody you would have favored ahead of them going into the season. And now, uh, you know, I were discussing earlier, if, if they come out with a similar point total as they did last year, that's going to put them in the lower half. That's going to be six, seven, eight seed uh, with the same kind of results as last year. Yeah, if they would have just copied last year's schedule, taken the points, Trimble would have been the sixth seed and played a road game in Region 23. Yeah, uh, and the difference between being a one, two, three, playing at home against lesser competition or being the sixth and on the road against a very good football team right off the bat, uh, big, big difference. Uh, going to be a tough, tough road uh, for them to win a division. Especially now, you know, at this point in time, they still only have a nine-game schedule. They have Week 5 open still. Um, it would be interesting to see if this move up in division uh, makes them feel like they need to, to schedule well, do you think, Matt, I a mean, bigger you, team. You mentioned this last year for Athens. Do you think the Trimble should just not even schedule that game now when we're looking at the playoff points? I, I know Trimble Tomcats fans in Gloucester, they're not scared of anything in terms of opponents, but if you schedule the Cincinnati Hills like they did last year at Week 5, and you lose the way you did, your divisor could go down, and now we're looking at a situation where Trimble could be a 7 seed, an 8 seed, and if things really go wrong in the region, there are scenarios where Trimble can win the TVC Hawking outright, undefeated, and miss the playoffs if they have two losses on that schedule, and Nelson Vior's going to be a tough game to open the season. Or reminds you a lot of the Athens team last year. Yeah. I think this puts Trimble in a very, very similar situation to Athens. Now all of your opponents are, for the most part, are a division below you. The point totals don't quite add up. Most of the teams in Division 6 now are playing up schedules, not down schedules. Yeah. That's why the point totals that they accumulate are so much higher. Uh, if you're Trimble, the nine-game schedule may be in your favor. If you can run the table and keep your, division, your divisor at 90 instead of 100... Uh, it may work out for you later in the season. If you do decide to, to pick up a game, they're going to have to go up in division to do it. Uh, that's going to put them in... There are only a few teams out there right now uh, looking for a Week 5 game, and none of them look very you know tempting to the Trimble Tomcats right now. It's most likely going to mean a long travel to a bigger school. Uh, I'm not sure that that favors you in any way. No, I don't know that there's a scenario that you could work out that that that's a good thing because a lot of times that equals a loss. Long road trip, bigger school, better competition. It's difficult. Uh, 
uh, as you said, Trumbull's not afraid of anybody. They they routinely go play road games or neutral neutral site games against some of the best teams in Division Seven. They've done it for decade you know for a decade basically now. Um, but playing a Division Seven powerhouse in a Division Four middle of the road playoff team is a big difference. Um, if you can't afford to lose the game, if you pick up somebody in Week Five, you have to win it. There's there's no scenario where losing that game is an option. Yeah, uh, and that makes Week One. So important. So important. Week now one. You can't, you can't drop that game if you're Trimble. Yeah, week one, Nelsonville, York, Trimble, which this year is at Gloucester Memorial Stadium. Week one just became, it went from, wow, that's a really interesting rivalry matchup. I'm excited to see that game. I'm always excited to see that game. And then, you know what? Nelsonville, York could be helped with the win with Trimble in terms of their playoffs. But for the Tomcats, if they lose that game, there's definitely a path back to that, to a home playoff game, to anything they want. That's what that game used to be. Now this game is a big-time playoff barometer for both Nelsonville York and Trimble. You can swing a massive amount of points now if you're Nelsonville York. The fact that Trimble moved up to D6, think about how beneficial this is for the Buckeyes. Now they're looking at a D6 opponent week one, a high win total D6 opponent. That can only help in your playoff rankings, in the playoff push. And Trimble's looking at it, Wow, if we lose this game to Nelson York, where are we going to pick up points to make the playoffs? So it's a really, really interesting playoff heavy game in week one, Troy. I didn't think that this decision was coming. This completely blindsided me, and it has completely changed how we're going to talk about the 2019 season in terms of Athens County football. Yeah, it's it's changed the narrative big time. But I, I was just I glanced at it really quick, <clears throat> jotted down some notes. Um, let me let me try to help um, help help kind of ease the pain here. Uh, so taking a quick look, I, I'm not so sure that same region is going to be as tough because there was well, there was other movement. So let's not assume all oh, trembles up to six. That's going to be the region that Nelson we played in last year because I don't think it is. Um, you, Cole Grove, yeah, I don't, didn't really scare me. Fort Fry, a pretty competitive team. You're probably going to see the Grandview Heights types uh, teams in that region. Nelsonville York is very good. Afrin Cedric, I think me, you and Matt could beat them. Uh, Belpre, Buckeye Local, or I'm sorry, Buckeye Trail. Columbus Grove, eh, Crooksville. I think the Cats could take them. East Knox, Federal Hawking, Paint Valley, Southeastern Valley, and Worthington Christian. Eh, none of those teams really like are having me shaking in shaking in my boots if I'm tremble. Now, big picture. It does get a little bit, little bit trickier. Now yeah, we don't have Marion Local. Marion Local is not in the Division Six. That's pretty good, but is Coldwater Kurt, is. Is Kirtland? I did not see Kirtland. Uh, I saw Berlin Center, Western Reserve, Minster, Mechanicsburg, Centerburg, Cincinnati Country Day, Coldwater, and Lima Central Catholic. Did not see Kirtland. Did not see Marion Local. Yeah. So let's not freak out. Although <laughs> Coldwater <laughs> would freak me out a little bit. That's not going to be the same for Trimble. They're not going to be playing the, the team like they did last year, but. There are some heavy hitters that aren't in D6. They must have went up or went down. Yeah, it, it, the division changed. But you've moved into a situation where those teams you mentioned, it, 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 the list went from, I think that there might just be two teams in the state that are better than Trimble. Like, truly, at D7, you looked at it and said, there are only two teams that you can circle and say, bona fide better than. I think that's where we would have been heading into the playoffs. And Trimble would have been in a type of scenario where when you plug in the projections, team from Southeast Ohio, team from another region, it would have been, hey, Trimble's only a touchdown or a 10-point underdog in this game. Now that's moved to, wow, there's eight or nine teams that are going to be touchdown-plus favorites, and there's going to be one or two teams that are going to be 20-plus point favorites. 
against Trimble. It just, to me, there, there is only one path to Trimble possibly getting back to Canton, which is where I want to get in the conversation, is does this close the door to Canton? For the Trimble Tomcats. No, it doesn't, but it's going to depend on your regional matchups. But look, Mary Local did move to D7. So anybody that you could look at that if you're if you're a Trimble fans and be like, <clears throat> well, we this path to the uh, state championship this year was going to be hard no matter what. Yep. Because, okay, Mary Local's going to be waiting on us. What's the difference between Mary Local and Coldwater? I don't know, about a touchdown, depending on which yeah. field they're playing at. So uh, from a state perspective, well, I don't know. It's apples to oranges. Do you want to play Coldwater? Do you want to play Marion Local? Because I pretty much bet every dollar in my pocket that both those teams are probably going to be there when the uh, when the dust settles. They're always there. Yeah. So it's all going to be depend, Lucas, on um, <clears throat> the um, the regional matchups. It's kind of funny though, Matt. Then this standout: Berlin Center Western Reserve. You could almost see like an instant replay of what we watched a few years ago. Triple played Berlin Center Western Reserve. They got to the final. They lost to New- the, to Marion Local. So you could see something similar. Maybe they play Berlin Center again, but instead the cold water will be waiting on them. So I don't know, Lucas. It's still tough, man. It's yeah. it's tough. And let me go back to your um, your nine team thing. Boy, this is going to be tough, man. I, I I think they're better off not playing anybody unless they can find somebody they know they can beat. I I don't see. I would rather keep my divisor at nine. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because who are you going to schedule? I mean. I, if you're the if you're the athletic director and you're looking maybe if there's a team that pops up that's in the schedule that you'd want to play that you can win against then yeah that's at a higher division but if they're in the same division and you're not moving up or you have to take a long road trip or they're definitely better than you are there's no point there is no point in playing that game other than saying hey we're Trimble we're going to fill our 10 game schedule and we're going to beat everybody in front of us which I respect that attitude and I understand that programs need to have that attitude but from an outsider's perspective, if this is about making the playoffs and getting a home game in the playoffs, then you've got to do this right. And, you know, I hate to be alarmist, but I really do think this is a huge change. And, and the moves to Division 7 with Marion Local dropping down probably would have been a huge change even if Trimble would have stayed in D7, as Troy smartly pointed out. But the divisional realignment has completely just removed any sort of chance that Trimble wins a state championship, at least that's what I think, unless they make one change. There's one change I think that Trimble can make that I think I expect them to make, that a lot of people around the program expect them to make, that if things go perfect, absolutely perfect with this change, they can maybe, maybe be good enough to pull an upset in a state championship game against a team like Coldwater. And that is giving the keys to the offense to Tabor Lackey, a quarterback, to in- implementing a spread offense about half the time, mixing it in and out with the wishbone, mixing it with the eye formation, varying the playbook up, getting the ball into the hands of a kid in Tabor who is a better thrower than Cameron Kittle and can really dice up defenses. And the kid works his butt off. Every story we've heard about him is that he can run this offense out of the classic wishbone and he can run it out of a spread set and be a really effective thrower. I think that's the only way now you win a state championship. There was maybe a path in D7 where you stick with the wishbone, the constant running, and and you try not to fall down in games, and you maybe, maybe figure something out. But now I think the only option, because you're going to run into teams like Fort Fry in your own region, the only only option to me to have a surefire way to win your region, to win the state semifinal game, is for Tabor Lackey to be the quarterback heading into this fall, Matt. And, and I know you're very high on Tabor, and it, this is not against Cam Kittle. I think Cam Kittle would be the 
second best quarterback in the TVC hockey, and I think he'd be the third or fourth best quarterback in the TVC Ohio, maybe fifth. But anyway, he'd be he's a good quarterback. He can start, he can win games, he's proven that, but he can also run the he can move over and run the same position that Max Hooper just run during his senior season. Sure. And he can produce at the same level and Tabor can step in as a guy with a little bit better of an arm. And I think Trimble's offense is offense will have an unlimited ceiling. Yeah, there are a million ways we could go with this at this point in time and ifs and buts. Back to the Week 5 deal, Trimble having it open. Here's currently who they would have available to them. You tell me somebody on this list that you would want to see them play because I don't see it. Dayton Belmont, Cleveland Benedictine, Dover, Southeastern from Ravana, Lake Catholic from Minner, Lutheran East from Cleveland, Cathedral Prep, Erie, Pennsylvania. These are all probably no's. I mean, I mean, where, what's where, the point? Where, where's the? What, I mean, Dover's the closest school to you, and it's a, a school that's probably going to contend for a Division Three playoff run. It's. I mean, I, don't, I just don't see anybody there that if you're Trimble, you're licking your chops to go get that football game. There's nothing there that makes any sense. Yeah, I think they should stick with nine, and I think they should make Tabor Lackey quarterback, and I think that we can still have an incredible season with Trimble. What, what we're not talking about here, though, is the TVC Hawking. That seems to be pretty settled. Trimble is the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite in that conference with all the players they have returning and the way they dominated it just a year ago. So let's talk about what I think is probably the most interesting possibility that has now arose out of this situation, Troy. And that is the potential, although small, but definitely the potential for a Nelson York trimble playoff game. Oh, Yes, that'd be awesome. And I never even thought about it. He just brought it up. It's so it's so possible. That would be epic. What do they do? They play it. They play it at Athens, right, Matt? Well, They'd have well, to. If it's a if it's a round two game, yes. But I mean, oh yeah, I would say it's going to be a round two. I think I think Nelson is going to be really good. I think Trimble's going. I think they'll both be top four or five seeds. I I honestly I don't see a powerhouse region until it shakes out, and I can see exactly who's in it. Not to mention everything changes from year to year. I mean, we can sit here and act like we're experts, but Grandview Heights may come out and have to be ten and zero for all I know. Yeah. So, but just you know, as a quick glance, I'm not overwhelmed by this Division Six. What will be Region Twenty Three? So that's not uh, inconceivable to think that the Cats and the Buckeyes would be somewhere one through six. God, I'd love that. Oh, that would yeah. just be so awesome. How, I mean, that place would be crazy. Uh, okay, so which which venue would you rather have it in if it were a first round game? Boston Ooh. Field or Gloucester? Where do they open? The, where do they play at to open the season? Gloucester. So probably Boston Field, right? Man, I love the history and all the things that encompass Gloucester, but it'd be such a big game. I'd almost just would, would prefer the little bigger venue. So maybe, but I don't know. The new stands in Gloucester open the field up a little bit. Oh, they, it's, that's a really nice. Uh, I don't now. think the stand situation. Yeah, that, yeah. That I don't know, man. The Trimble's got the the visitors bleachers over there now. I would prefer it be at Athens. <laughs> I want it to be. At, I, how about a regional too. championship? Let's go one step further. How about a regional championship game at Athens between the Cats and the Bucks? Oh yeah! That'd <laughs> oh my God! Please, just I, I don't ask for much in this world. Don't you know? I like my truck line brake line not to break, and I ask you know some other things in this world. Please give me a Trimble Nelsonville York regional final. That would be I, the I coolest thing ever. You, you might see the largest crowd in Athens. It'd be unbelievable. It'd be close to history. it'd be close to a couple of the undefeated Athens Nelson New York matchups. Yeah, the nine and zero nine and zero game, Matt. That's gonna be tough. That, yeah, it was huge. Just because you're you're population based. I mean, it was just yeah, just so many more. But I don't know. It, but everybody it, from the county would come to the everybody game. from the county would yeah, be there. T- tell me anybody that's an Athens football fan that wouldn't be at an Athens oh, yeah. Trimble game at Athens. 
You mean Nelsonville? Yeah, yeah. Nelsonville yeah. Triple you're right. Yeah, so it would it would be huge. It would be uh, it'd be awesome, and it's so possible. That's what's funny. It's really possible. Yep. Maybe not a regional championship, but I think a game between the two oh, yeah. is totally in in the ballpark. Bottom line, it's absolutely electric. There are some negatives to this divisional realignment for Trimble, but there are a lot of positives potentially too. But it, one thing's for certain: it does make the 2019 season really, really interesting, and it's going to make. The football season even better. It was so much intrigue heading in, and now it's just gotten even juicier. We can't wait to talk about it. Ohio football season just got a little more interesting as well. Jim Schaus steps down as AD. We'll talk about what that means for the Ohio Athletics Program when we return. This is the Sports Fan on 97 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. Don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Ohio has over 920,000 diabetics. If you are a diabetic, take a step in the right direction by having your feet checked routinely by a podiatric physician, the most qualified doctors to care for your feet. Adding a podiatrist to your health care team can help you better manage the effects of diabetes on your feet. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state. For more information or to find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Experienced truck drivers. Schneider has the driving careers you've been looking for. Schneider's dedicated driving jobs mean consistent miles and predictable home time. Choose from over 50 unique dedicated accounts. Career growth opportunities mean you can transfer to any type of position. There are 38 types of driving jobs at Schneider and training and office jobs. Plus our consistent paychecks and comprehensive benefits benefits equal peace of mind for both you and your family. Find out more at schneiderjobs.com. That's schneiderjobs.com. Dale's Valero in Uptown Athens has all your needs covered, whether it be gas or a snack, but especially beer. Come check out the revolutionary new Beer Garage with over 200 new types of beer and an expanded craft beer selection. Dale says, if you think a cave is cold, wait until you step into our garage. Dale's Valero is open early and open late, so come on by to Dale's Valero in Uptown Athens. Current televisions being built today have a mean time to failure of one to three years. The, The manufacturers have no want to maintain anymore. So they're looking at selling, not maintaining. They only make money when they sell new. And the new is going cheaper and cheaper. The advertised cheap price uh, is what everybody bites on. People will buy the new because that's what's there. That's what they want. They want the newest they can get usually. But if you have a television repaired in today's world, normally that TV will buy you more time than a new replacement. They can be repaired for half or less of that replacement then that makes it worth it. I'm Dave Russell. I own TV Supply Company. I'm at 136 Columbus Road. Stop in with your repair needs. Anything that's electronic. Wait here. 
WGBH 97.1 FM. Lucas Moore, Matt Frazee, Troy Bolin, the trifecta here inside the studio. We just talked about Trimble. Um, you know, they haven't lost a first-round playoff game in seven consecutive years. And it just and you were mentioning during the break, Troy, that it's going to make it more intriguing for first- and second-round matchups for Trimble because of this division move. Because all the teams around them are probably going to have higher points. They might be on the road. They might be playing a really good team. It, it could be Nelson of York. So it's made it definitely more intriguing in terms of week 11 and 12. Probably less intriguing for Trimble come weeks 13, 14, 15. So, you know, what's more important? What matters more? That's a conversation for another day. The conversation I want to have right now, though, Jim Schaus is going to be moving on. He will now be the Southern Conference. That's the conference with the Citadel and, and those types of schools. Jim Schaus will now be the commissioner of that conference, stepping away from being the athletic director at Ohio. Imagine he's getting a slight pay raise and probably less responsibility as a commissioner of a conference, but also a more important job, weirdly. So it's like 50-50 for Jim, but congratulations to him getting that job moving on. The question I have for you, Troy, what grade would you give Jim Schaus Schaus, in his 11 years at Ohio? No football, MAC championship, Hired Saul Phillips. Um, did make the NCAA tournament in both women's and men's basketball. Won three championships combined between baseball and softball. And then all the other programs had some of their successes and some of their failures. What do you grade Jim Schaus's 11 years at Ohio University? Well, I think you're saying it wrong, first of all, though. By, by he didn't lose anything. He just hired some guys that lost things. So Jim Schaus didn't lose or win anything. But I wish I had my paper from yesterday. I did this whole thing on him, Lucas, where what he has done in – setting records in almost every category that you could think of revenue-wise, uh, all those types of things. I had the notes in front of me. I read it yesterday. and um, Building Walter Fieldhouse, Sook Academic Center. Whether you agree with those things or don't agree with those things, as an athletic director, it's his job to get those things, and he got them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, – God, I wish I had that. It was really – it was actually impressive, the, the all the things that he's done in terms of just uh, what an athlete, athletic director's job is. He hires people in terms of like Saul Phillips, who I think we all agreed was a really good hire at the time. It, it just didn't work out. I don't care how great of a GM you are, a president. You you hire people you think do good, but at the end of the day, sometimes they don't. It doesn't work out. And uh, so I, I don't. I hate to like grade this guy and um, have a Saul Phillips something hiring be part of his legacy because I don't. I don't necessarily think that's his. What Saul Phillips does on the court, what the Ohio Bobcats basketball team does, I don't think affects the athletic directors, just kind of persona I, and things like that. See, the buck stops at the top, though. I mean, anything that happens below you and when you're the athletic director it is your responsibility. You talk to any of the athletic directors that have run major programs. Well, he can't control like the, Saul Phillips' teams being just devastated by injuries every year. He he, the, the Ohio Bobcats football team has walk, been like the walking wounded for probably five or six years, too. That's not his problem. He hired a good guy. I think Saul Phillips is a really good guy. A good no, coach. No, I think so too. I give him an A, and I'll I'll go look for my paperwork so I can tell you all the things this guy accomplished at high university because he accomplished quite a bit oh, no, as an I, athletic director. Well, Saul Phillips, the hire was met with extreme enthusiasm. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't think anybody thought it was a bad hire at the time. It's just, and as well, he hired that, a coach to coach in Ohio that couldn't recruit right. Ohio. That was the biggest. That, yeah, that, that's mistake. that's exactly right. I was just getting ready to, to step into that. The the problem was he didn't recruit the way he recruited the other schools that he had yeah. success with. When he got here, he ended up with, with rosters that were far less than what he was had had grown accustomed to. And 
then the injuries and other things contributed and uh, things just went downhill and to a point where they weren't able to be recovered. Uh, that was bad. Um, Rob Smith and the baseball team, that, that stuff's been great. I, I don't know how you argue with, uh, you know, the football team has been, you know, at very least very consistent. Uh, I understand they haven't won the MAC championship, but, you know, if you were here 20 years ago, you would have been ecstatic with, yeah. you know, winning seasons, not winning, you know, eight, eight, nine games a year in a bowl win. You know, 20 years ago, you know, they'd have erected a statue for Frank Solich and then Jim Schaus and, you know, just how far you come and what, how far the expectations have grown now um, because of him, I think, is, you know, not to be left out of the conversation as well. I think he, he's brought a lot of things here, raised expectations to a point that maybe Ohio athletics didn't have, it, you know, in recent years. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give him a B plus, and, and here's why. I, I agree with all the things Troy said. I thought in terms of the way the athletic department ran, in terms of revenue, was very good. I thought that they uh, developed a good athletic culture um, in the Convocation Center and and all throughout the, uh, the program. Frank Solich, I thought, was a part of that. Him and Jim Shaw seemed to have a good working relationship. But I, I'm going to disagree with Troy and say that he is, although not, it's not his fault in terms of whose fault was it, it's not his. But whose responsibility is it? That's the real question. And whose responsibility it is to make sure that the coach you hire to coach basketball can coach the state that your school is in, that's Jim Shouse's. That's 100% his responsibility at the end of the day. And if, if during your 11 years you have the type of football program we have, and again, not his fault, but at the end of the day, his responsibility, no football MAC championship, the hire of Saul Phillips, it's going to be it's going to stop at a B plus. If Saul Phillips would have been better, or you even give me one MAC championship, which I know again not his fault, but it is his responsibility, then I can give his 11 years an A. And honestly, I think if you talk to Jim Shouse real candidly, he would probably say B plus too because of that Saul Phillips hire. I think he looks back at that and says that was my one big mistake that I made. Because I, I don't, I don't he think he it. says that. I, I don't think he says it's a mistake, Luke. It's. Uh... But let me just let me throw it out there since I found my paperwork. I love when I hide stuff all over this radio station. Uh, but he did set all-time revenue records in ticket sales, fundraising, corporate sponsorships, licensing, and concession sales. The Bobcats remain at the top in terms of attendance and revenue-generating sports like football, volleyball, men's basketball, and volleyball, uh, or women's basketball. But as Ohio University, you're not Ohio State. You don't just go hire the top guy in the country to run your basketball program. You almost have to roll the dice a little bit on a guy. And I think Saul Phillips at the time was a great hire. And you could be great athletic directors. You meet great GMs in professional sports, and you get a guy, you think it's the right guy, and just, it doesn't work out. And I, and if, yeah, but it's only a B plus. I'm not tanking the guy. I yeah, I know, but I just I don't think the Saul Phillips hire was, was a mistake. I think it was a good hire. I think it just didn't work out. I mean, it happens in sports at all levels. Uh, you're the best GMs in the world and the greatest organizations in professional yeah, but sports call, hire coaches. and then Yeah, but if you call a suicide squeeze as a coach and it's a good decision at the time and your kid gets out at home or the kid misses the bunt, then it's a bad decision. That's how sports works. That's, yeah, how that's it a coach, is. though. That, you're, that's, that's not administrative. But it, when you, it, it's the same. You're hiring a coach. You looked at his resume. You looked at the states he's recruited. You looked at the type of players he's recruited. You interviewed him. And then you made the decision to give him the keys to the Ohio men's basketball program, and it went through one of its rougher four-year stretches in recent memory. That's a big deal. That's a big mistake. At the end of the day, it has to be. Even though I'm not blaming Jim Schaus, 
But it it has to be. It's his grade card. It's his program. Everything within it is his responsibility. And Jim Foley had an opportunity to, to talk to him. He was the athletic director at Florida during the glory years there. And he said it himself. He said, even if it wasn't my fault, it was my responsibility, everything that went on in my athletic program. And, and I think that's we should hold athletic directors to that standard and say, hey, his thought process wasn't wrong. It wouldn't keep me from hiring Jim Schaus to be athletic director. And I would really love if Jim Schaus were staying on as athletic director at Ohio University. But when I'm going to grade your performance over 11 years... Having one of the, what ended up being one of the least successful hires, in recent memory for the men's basketball team, I, I think that that's that's warranted enough to ding you down to a B plus. What about Rob? What about Rob Smith? Are you going to factor him into? Oh, your, it's a great yeah. hire. That's why he's at a B plus. Rob Smith, yeah. great hire. Bob Bolden. We great finished hire. last in the MAC, didn't we? Or second? What place were we? Okay, but how good were we last year? They made the MAC. They made the MAC championship. You know, two of the last three years, they've won MAC tournament games. Rob Smith was eight zero in MAC tournament games heading into this year. He just made some mistakes in terms of recruiting, pitching, but then he's coached those guys up, um, and he's actually had success in postseason tournaments, which was not the same for Saul Phillips. So, his recruiting, like Saul Phillips, could not overcome his recruiting problems like Rob Smith has been able to in recent years. And I think I think Rob Smith has done a. a I think that's a good hire. I think he's a great coach. And I think that Bob Bolden was an incredible hire. I think when you look at the women's basketball program, that was an incredible hire. But, a, but an athletic director gets judged on the football program and the men's basketball program. And the football program, great, it's stabilized. But guess who didn't make that hire of Frank Solich? Jim Schaus. So how much credit can I really give him for the football program? Well, I, I think you're also, you're only pulling out, this guy made $281,000 a year to do a lot more than just hire three coaches. This guy worked every day. Yeah, did a lot of things. So I, I mean, but you gave him a B plus. So I guess that erases everything that you have said. But to grade a guy that has a job forty hours a week, what how many days a year, getting paid almost three hundred grand, I could I, I have a hard time thinking that he just does a little bit more than hire a couple guys. I mean, well, he probably works and does a lot yeah, of things the, inside the Ohio program. Those, ask ask any athletic director what's your most important job? Hiring coaches. It, it yeah, it takes the least amount of time and you have to do it the least, but that is your most important job. Point blank period. So yeah, it might take the less time and yeah, he spent a lot of time in the office hours and yes, he spent a lot of times on sales call making sure that the corporate sponsors were buying their tickets and the seats were getting filled and that's all fine and dandy. But guess what? 90% of athletic directors in the country can do just that. And Jim Shaus, much credit to him with all the economic advancements. But also, he did this in the 11 years. It's the biggest 11-year rise in terms of revenue in the history of college sports. So, yeah, his revenue went up, too. Now, not all the schools in the MAC did that. That's, again, why I'm giving him credit. I'm giving him a B plus. That's a great grade. I thought I should have maybe given him an A- minus because I knew that people were going to freak out because I put a B in front. But I don't know. Your men's basketball program and your football program for half your tenor, tenure have disappointed in big moments. But you also have a sweet 16 in there, right? So you go back and forth. But Man, I just hope Dave Palmer doesn't get a D for hiring me, Matt. I tell you, if he gets judged on me, man, this guy's not even going to pass in grade. <laughs> Poor guy. He gets an A for hiring Lucas, though. Maybe, maybe it was that equal out you, about you a C minus. You hired me. Maybe you can be the new AD at Athens. We can. Oh, we do need one. Up. Yeah. That's another one. I got a quick question for you guys. What's a bigger loss? John Rogers at Athens or Jim Schaus at Ohio? I think that both... Both programs are going to be just fine. I think they're both going to make great hires, and they're both going to continue from where they left off. But which one's the bigger loss, Matt? Uh, I'm going to say Jim Shaw's, and only because John Rogers is still going to be involved at Athens High School. He's he's taking an assistant principal's job. 
Uh, it's not like he's leaving the school district or the school itself even. So he will be there. So the next athletic director is going to have John Rogers, you know, in the building at his side, uh, able to give him any advice or, or any help that he might need. And knowing John the way that we all do and the, the, kind, the kind of character guy he is, he's not going to let this thing fall apart. He'll, I'm, I'm sure he will be waiting right behind in the wings to help in any situation possible. So I've heard some really interesting names being tossed around for the Athens <laughs> athletic director position from all walks of life yes. around Athens. So that'll be interesting to watch as it develops. Real quick, before we run to break, Big Ten and the MAC just agreed to a quick lane bowl deal, which is going to go start in 2020. This is obviously a good move for the MAC, Troy, playing better competition in a bigger bowl game at Ford Field, and it might be able to elevate them closer to the Mountain West Conference and the American Athletic Conference, which hold that Power 6, Power 7 spot. Yeah, actually, in the headline of the story, though, really, the MAC part was buried in it that I read. It was more about the Big Ten SEC Pac-12 deal in the Las Vegas Bowl. Because that's how my story started out that I was reading and researching. And then I kind of glanced at the very end before I X'd out the Mac thing. And um, where's it going to be played at? Ford Field? Ford Field, yep. Didn't they have this before? Is it like the Motor City Bowl or something we used yeah, to have? I mean, it's... It, it, it wasn't recent, but... Yeah, but it's in my memory. Some, it's couldn't have been yeah, too it's, long it's ago. It's definitely in my memory as well. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought that bowl still existed up to a certain point <laughs> that I realized that we don't even play a Big Ten team anymore. So that's not like shocking news to me. We used to do it every year. And actually, uh, from a... If I was... I don't know if I was an Ohio Bobcat. I don't. I don't want to go to Ford Field and play Minnesota. I'd, I'd rather go to the Bahamas and play in the Bahamas Bowl. I want to go to Mobile or something. I. I don't really see the intrigue of playing like the seventh best Big Ten team in Detroit in January. Troy, people in Mobile don't want to be in Mobile. Oh, man. <laughs> I'd rather be in Mobile than Detroit. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's like where, where you, I, the Frisco Bowl. That was pretty cool going to Texas. But you know, if you're from Ohio, man, you don't want to go to Detroit in dead of winter and play at just a a mediocre Big Ten team. No, I agree. It's bowl games are warm weather and having fun and, and yeah. interesting competition. I think we should go to the Bahamas Bowl every year. We got a, we got a call on the line. Let's get Ethel in. Ethel, yeah, how, how are you doing? What do you want to talk about real quick on this? Well, game? I wanted to know about the Copperheads. Are they going to be on the radio this year? I I know they were last year. I don't remember which station. Well, Ethel, I'll tell you this. This is called a tease in radio. I will tell you all those details and we'll tell you all about the Southern Ohio Copperheads after this break. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, hang out because I'm missing what you folks are saying. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, Ethel. Always a joy calling in on the sports <laughs> fan. We are going to talk Copperheads, specifically with Connor Mills, one of the play-by-play voices of the Copperheads this season on the other side of the break. This is the Sports Fan 97 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. Don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3520. 21 for a free estimate. This is the place to fill your gas tank just before you head to or off Route 33. This is the hot spot to fill your bellies with delicious cold cut sandwiches and tantalize your taste buds with hot and tasty six-inch or foot-long subs. This is the super spot which offers drive-through service of pop, chips, candy, beer, water, and much more. This is the best kept secret in Athens County. Until now, this is City Limits Valero. Visit them at 235 Columbus Road in Athens, open seven days a week. And remember, why just drive by when you can drive through? Have you ever thought about having a podiatric physician examine your feet? 
Doctors of podiatric medicine set broken bones, perform wound care, and remove bunions. Common health issues that they treat include ingrown or fungal nails, corns, warts, and skin problems like athlete's foot. Foot exams are easy and can prevent many foot problems. If you can't walk, work, or enjoy sports activities without pain, what are you waiting for? To find a podiatric physician who is a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Can you remember the last time you had a great night's sleep? How you felt the next morning? More energized. More alive. Feel the difference of deeper sleep daily with the new Tomorrow Mattress. Designed by the world's leading sleep experts at Serta Simmons Bedding and delivered right to your door. Visit TomorrowSleep.com and use promo code SAVE for $125 off through this Friday only. Transform your tomorrow. As a teacher, having a foster grandparent in my room, it, it enables me to have an extra set of hands. Foster grandparents are role models, tutors, and friends to children with exceptional needs. It's been fantastic having Grandma Freddie in our room. It is the best feeling in the world. I'm a best student because of her. To learn more about how to become a foster grandparent and help children in need, call 1-800-942-2677 or visit Senior Corps at nationalservice.gov. Sports fan, 97 WATH, 97.1 FM. Lucas Moore in the studio. we got about 13 minutes left in the show. Final segment of the show. We've talked Triple Tomcats today, their playoff chances, and how the schedule affects their playoff rankings uh, moving forward. All those things. We talked Jim Shaw stepping down as the head of the Ohio Athletics Program. Talked a lot of things today. Matt Frazy and Troy Bolin joined me earlier. Right now, joining me on the show, though, just got back to Athens from the season opener for the Southern Ohio Copperheads. His name is Connor Mills, and he is one of the two play-by-play voices, along with Joey Medor of the Southern Ohio Copperheads this year. Connor, it's a job I had two years ago. It was a load of fun. First game was today, a 3-1 to defeat to the Lincoln County Settlers. But first, I just want to ask you personally, how excited are you to join a really what is a long list and a prestigious list that's before me, I haven't built any prestige yet, of really great broadcasters who've had the opportunity to broadcast with the Southern Ohio Copperheads. That includes Tony Castricone, who's at Washington, Allie LaForce, she's done NBA Finals games from the sideline, Brian Bush is in AA baseball. Connor, you and Joey are now a part of that list. It's pretty special, man. It is really special. You know, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of the Copperheads this season. Uh, you know, to be broadcasting games with Joey Medore, it really is. Well, hopefully it'll be a, a special season for the baseball players, but I know it'll be a special season uh, for us broadcasters as well. Looking yep. forward to getting all the experience. Heard all the great things, especially from you, from Logan the Duke last year. You know, it's it's really a uh, special group to be a part of, and it's, you know, hopefully it's going to shape up to be a good season. Well, last season was a record-breaking season, Connor, and it was – Really, they shattered every record possible for the Copperheads, and they won the first title for Southern Ohio in the GLSCL, which was a huge achievement for one of the higher-performing you know, entities in that entire league, that they always are at the tops in attendance, top in acquiring talent. Well, the manager of that team, Phil Butler, it was a weird change just before the season. I'd really like you to fill in our listeners on what exactly happened. Austin Dunphy, who was a longtime pitching coach, is now going to be the head coach of the Southern Ohio Copperheads this year, and record-breaking manager Phil Butler is stepping away, stepping aside. This change happened somewhat last-minute, Connor. 
What what type of info do you have for the fans, and and what do you expect from Dunphy in that manager role this year? Well, I mean, I, I can't really go into the into depth about Phil Butler. You know, I don't know all the information that went on behind closed doors. Um, but Phil Butler, again, I mean, he was a great coach for the Copperheads. I, I believe. Well, I don't know how many wins he had, but I think it was pretty close to three hundred or something like that. Um, but for Butler, you know, he he um, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, uh, you know. Sudden change, but it, it is what it is at this point. I know Austin Dunphy has been doing a great job. Uh, we were just getting off the bus, and we're still trying to get the best players that we can uh, for this team. You know, Dunphy's uh, been doing a good job. He likes the players that he has right now, and we're still trying to get more players to get onto the team. Uh, about a couple, we had like nine pitchers uh, drop before the season, whether or not because they, they had um, – you know, pitched too many innings in the spring. Which that's pretty uh, they normal. They had other prior commitments, but... Which you know that's pretty normal in summer collegiate baseball, and it's great to see Dunphy... Absolutely. And, and it's great to see Dunphy as the head coach, too, because he's from Meg's High School. He's literally just outside the county. That's his alma mater, so you got a local guy from southeastern Ohio coaching the southern Ohio Copperheads. You mentioned some of the talented guys. I know they dropped a 3-1 game today. Don't really want to get into details of today's game, but... Just what have you seen early from the roster? What are some of the players that fans should really be watching out for? Blaine Krim just won the MVP. I, he's not back this year. I wouldn't imagine. I haven't actually looked right through the roster, but you're losing him. Uh, Krim is not back. Which which is uh, a real shame. Year. I would pay hundreds of dollars to see that kid swing a bat again for another season. I mean, he was just absolutely incredible. But, Connor, what players have caught your eye early in the season in terms of what you've seen? Well, believe practice? it or not, it's a guy who went 0 for 5 today. But, I mean, it was line drive after line drive off the bat for Chris Gambert. You know, Gambert from Louisville, Kentucky, um, Bellamine University, you know, hit 391 uh, during his spring season. Like, this this kid can hit. He can rake. He had 16 home runs during uh, in the spring. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. He was a cleanup hitter for the Copperheads today. But he's going to be a fun player to watch. You know, and, then of course, we've got – uh, Thomas Cesaro, he wasn't in the lineup uh, today. I think he had some kind of, he might have been um, looking to pitch, maybe, you know, two-way player for Cesaro. Uh, he's coming back. Uh, and then we have Scott Combs again coming back. Uh, two guys from last year. Those are the only two kind of returning players. You know, out of the new guys, you know, Ben Rushing uh, was a three-bounder today. Uh, didn't He didn't have any stats uh, for the spring, but you know what? He's got a big frame. He batted like 464 back in high school. Um, just a young guy coming in here. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Ben Rushing can do and then absolutely what Chris Gamber can do. All right, how about on the mound? Because, you know, pitching was where it starts and where it ends. Copperhead's really good on the mound last year as well as at the plate. Mandela got the start today. Six strong innings, no runs given up. But any other pitchers that, that catch your eye? And I know this one... I just want to let our listeners know I'm really setting Connor up to fail on this question because in summer collegiate baseball, pitchers, the coaches don't even know. Really, just it's just best guesses. And you've got some guys that are studs that are coming in. But in the in the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League, it is a lot of question marks, a lot of guys who have yet to prove themselves at the collegiate level. But Connor, even though I'm setting you up to fail on this question, I'd really like to hear what arms that the coaching staff is excited about and what arms you're excited about for the Copperheads this, this upcoming season? Well, I mean, believe it or not, like, we don't know who all is going to pitch. You know, I, I, Again, like I said, we've got a lot of guys 
who are either trying to recruit their friends to try to come to Southern Ohio Copperhead and pitch. Uh, you know, nine guys drop before the season, but we'll have uh, Cameron Stiglitz going out there tomorrow, uh, barring good weather. I know there's been talk a little bit about canceling the game because of rain, um, but we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, right as of right now, the game's still on, but you know, Cameron Stiglitz will take the mound, and then the one guy that I was looking forward to seeing uh, just because of what he did in the spring, he had a perfect 7-0 record. Now, win-loss doesn't really you know, mean anything these days. I mean, Jacob DeGrom won the Cy Young. He was 10-9. and But, I mean, he also had like a sub-2 ERA. Um, Connor, I knew, so, you you know, th- Sam- I knew, Connor, I knew you'd throw in a Mets reference somehow in this segment. Listen, I mean, it was relevant to the, to the topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. All right, anyway, co- I mean, continue on. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Sam Worsing. You know, 6'6", 215 pounds from Wright State. Uh, had a 388 average uh, ERA. So, you know, I, I think that we're going to see some good things from him. And then I think we're going to see a couple guys that could surprise. You know, even though Colin Sells gave up a couple runs today, I think he's just going to keep on getting better as the season progresses. Uh, and then I really, really enjoyed what uh, Mandela did on the mounds. You know, six innings, didn't give up a run, got into a couple sticky situations. But you know what? He got out of it. No runs allowed. What more can you ask? Yeah, and it looks like the Copperheads, I, I expect them to be a playoff team in the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League. That's the standard they have set. Hopefully they can get over the managerial change just before the season. Sometimes that can derail seasons, but Austin Dunphy's a guy that's been there before, so I still have some high expectations for them. And I also have some high expectations for you and Joey, Connor. Uh, not this year. The Copperheads are moving away from Power 105, our sister station, but you know, Copperheads fans do listen to this show. Copperheads Broadcasting, where this year, Connor? Where can people hear those golden pipes you have? you got to follow us on social media. We're going to be – we tried to go live on Facebook. We're still figuring that out. But we'll be live every day on YouTube, uh, Comp- Southern Ohio Copperheads. Google us on YouTube there. You'll be able to see every live stream for every home and away game so long as we have Internet access at the other parks. Um, you know, We're going to get every game that we can. Um, but YouTube and Facebook Live, definitely YouTube for now. Yep, working hard. As always, Connor Mills. Tell you what, really appreciate the call. Really appreciate you giving the information. First home game this Friday, June 7th, against the Richmond Jazz. I plan on being there, Connor. And uh, hopefully the Copperheads can turn around this three-game set against the Settlers uh, Wednesday and Thursday and have a 2-1 and one record heading into that opening game, which... Big crowd expected for that one, right, Friday on Friday there, Connor? Oh, absolutely. You know, looking forward to having the Richmond Jazz into Bob Wren Stadium. You know, like you said, seven oh five starts. It's gonna be a fun one. You know, these guys are really meshing well together. I know it's early in the season, but you know what? I, I think that there's gonna be some good things coming from this team. I think so, too, and I expect a lot of good things from the broadcast crew as well. Connor's going to be on the sports fan along with Joey Medor all throughout the year. We'll get him in studio even a few times throughout the season to make sure we stay updated on what really is the only active sports, you know, attraction in the summer. That's the thing we're, that's going to probably carry our show throughout the summer. The Cincinnati Reds, God willing, they get their crap figured out and get above 500 for once with all that talent they have. And the Southern Ohio Copperheads, the team at Bob Wren Stadium. Connor, thanks for the call. And uh, uh, best of luck throughout the rest of the season, and we'll be talking to you quite a bit. Thanks, Luke. It's good to talk to you. Connor Mills, really great voice from that from that man, Matt. Absolutely. I, I really enjoyed that interview. Yeah, he sounds great. Uh, like you said, it's, it's a long list of guys. 
that and gals that have done that job and uh, everyone's done a great job so far. I've enjoyed Copperheads baseball on the radio for for several years, and uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen this year. But uh, there are ter- you know tons of media outlets to to follow on now, and and they'll continue the tradition without a doubt. And we'll be talking about them on this show. Don't you worry. So you can come here for your Copperheads news updates, talk analysis, all of that. Um, we'll make sure we get it covered throughout the summer. That's a part of our job. So some of the best atmospheres I've been around have been Copperheads games, man. I mean, it's just, I remember 2,300 one night, set the Bob Wren Stadium record, or was just show, just short of the Bob Wren Stadium record. And, and there have been some seriously electric, electric atmospheres at Bob Wren Stadium on summer nights in southeastern Ohio. It's just such a, it's a good attraction. It's baseball. It's family-friendly fun. I really enjoy it. It's great baseball. I mean, I think a lot of people who, if you've never been to one of those games, don't realize how good the, the talent level actually is at some of these games. Uh, some of these kids are, are fantastic ball players, and you, you said the the key thing. I think it's the, probably the most fan or family friendly uh, place you can go in the summer around here. Um, you know, the fireworks nights, the pet nights, the you know, Star Wars nights. You know, dressing up like you know different characters or uh, you know cowboy night or whatever. You know, everything. It seems like they always have some kind of thing going on to make it a little bit more fun for the fans. Uh, every inning, in between innings, they always have the the little fan challenges and stuff, and I think it's cool. It's a it's a great way to keep people interested, even in between innings. Uh, it's a it's a great sport, and they won a championship last year, so yes, that's important as well. I think that they'll have an opportunity for it. I think the manager change is going to be a little more difficult than we're anticipating. I think some early season struggles could be coming, but that all remains to be seen. In summer collegiate baseball, your guess is as good as mine, people. I don't. It's it's hard to really get that right. But thank you so much. You got something right, and that was listening to the sports fan here on 97 WATH. Big thanks to Troy Bull and Matt Frazy coming in the studio. And big thanks to Connor Mills for calling in, breaking down all of the Southern Ohio Copperheads action. I'm Lucas Moore. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow. This has been the sports fan on 97 WATH. In our 69th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Trump aides are told to withhold documents from House Democrats. It's the latest effort to stonewall congressional investigations into President Trump. This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition with correspondent Jim Shenevy.